Hello, welcome to the Cone Zone. I'm Grant Cone. That's the legendary, iconic Lowell Cone. He's my dad. We're related. That's the, why we do the show. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a remarkable dead period for, for for NFL coverage. Really, the only thing in the national news is legal drama stuff. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Snyder, that kind of boring stuff. But locally, Jimmy is still on the team somehow. And I think we're sort of gearing up for him to get traded or cut. Uh, when he initially had the surgery, they said early July is when he's going to start throwing, and that's when things could happen. To me, I mean, yeah, I guess that's important when he starts throwing, but the real big thing that everyone's waiting on is Deshaun Watson. Because if the league suspends him for a year, I think there's a good chance that the, the Browns would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Because they're a good team, and I think they could talk themselves into him being the best thing available for them. But if he doesn't get suspended for the whole year, I think the Niners are probably going to be in that position where they have to cut him or keep him. Um, so they're trying to make it seem like it's about his shoulder. I think it's probably about the legal situation. It's not even a legal situation. But what the NFL does with the quarterback in Cleveland, that's what the hangup is right now for the Niners. They're going to suspend them. That's for, uh, don't you think? I the think so. It's just like how long? long. Yeah. 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 And what's interesting about this is, so the NFL – didn't come down hard enough on Ray Rice, whatever, however long ago that was. And ever since then, they've been trying to overcompensate. Let's say they suspend Deshaun Watson a year to really show that they're tough on this stuff. Well, Robert Kraft was in a similar situation. They'd never punished him. Daniel Snyder's in a lot of trouble. They haven't done anything with Daniel Snyder. Stephen Ross has gotten in trouble with uh, the, the coachings, the, the coaches he's hired hasn't gotten it, hasn't been penalized by the league. There's a lot of owners like that. And I think what I've heard is that in the CBA, there's a clause that says that the owners are supposed to be held to a higher standard than the players. So Deshaun and his lawyer could say, wait a second, you came, real, you came down real hard on, on Deshaun, who also sat out last year, but you've done nothing with these owners who are supposed to be held to a higher standard. One of them did something extremely similar to Deshaun, not as many times, but, but once. So I think that's maybe what the holdup is right now. The, the NFL is thinking, you know, how, we have a weird precedent here. How do we maneuver this? Let me ask you a question. The The owner you're talking about is Robert Kraft? Yes. Okay. Iggy, I don't keep up on all this this stuff. I'm a sport or a sports writer, not a morals writer. But Robert Kraft, as far as I understand it, paid for a service. Yeah. The other person willingly engaged in it. Right. There is a difference between what he – yeah, he didn't like – uh, intimidate anyone. That's right. Right. So, That's true. So and it was once. It was once. And although I guess where he did it, Florida, wherever prostitution is not legal, I understand that. Yes. Um, he didn't uh, force himself on someone. And my impression is women are accusing Watson of forcing himself on them. Correct. 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 I think that's a difference. That's a difference. That's a fair difference. I think it's not just craft to him it's also daniel snyder daniel snyder's in a lot of hot water on a lot of different uh employment malpractices and yeah. has been under investigation for a long time the nfl hasn't done anything so i think that's i mean I, it doesn't mean they won't suspend deshaun watson they will it's just taking a while because i think the nfl has to figure out how do we punish this guy but not punish these owners when we're supposed to hold them to a higher standard but we, they don't because they're billionaires and this guy's not i'd like to come back to jimmy because sure. Jimmy is what's germane for us. 
yes. uh, as talking about the Niners. And what you're saying is Jimmy's fate depends on what the league does with Watson. I got it. Yep. But let's talk about Jimmy. Mm-hmm. If, in fact, Jimmy is beginning to throw again, I haven't seen any reports that he is. But l- let's say he is. I want to say something real clear. I wish him all the best. Yeah. He was a good 49er. I don't mean he was a great quarterback, but he never bitched. Um, he was, you know, the people in New, New England said he essentially quit on him. Never quit. He didn't quit on the 49ers. He played last season. He played hurt. And, and he was honest about it, but he didn't complain about it. So I think he's been a good 49er. I hope he can throw as well as he as he ever did. And I hope he gets employment at the Browns or somewhere. I just don't want him to have employment at the 49ers. And it's nothing personal, Iggy. I think keeping him on the team is dreadful. It's a bad message. Now is the time you move on. You move on to the new guy. You take your chances. You don't have this uh, Garoppolo either competing or as a backup. You, You move on. Or else, what does it mean about what you think about Trey Lance? So, again, all the power to Jimmy, just not in Santa Clara. Yeah, and, you know, sending him to Cleveland, like the Rams had Jared Goff. They didn't keep him around to back up Matthew Stafford just in case. They sent him to Detroit, which was cold-blooded. That's like sending him to – that's like the New Age Buffalo. Buffalo's a good team. But sending Jimmy to Cleveland, Cleveland's a really good team. That Cleveland has a good defense – they have their offensive line coach is Bill Callahan, who's a phenomenal offensive line coach. Yes, yep. They're they have really good running backs. They have Amari Cooper, who isn't the best fit with Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's a really good player. I mean, it's the best place Jimmy Garoppolo could possibly end up, and it would be I, I mean be a nice thing of the Niners for the Niners to do for him. And I think the fans should applaud that if he gets yep. it uh, again. Yep. There, I don't think there should be any bitterness fans toward Jimmy for him uh, for anything he did. He no. was a loyal and a good 49er, and he played his ass off. He did. He did. He, he did. did for them. So um, I just, boy, I just don't want him to be around here anymore. And I don't understand what what took them so long. I saw uh, you did this video about they had the sixth-ranked uh, roster in the league. Now, six is pretty good. but you In the a, NFC. In the NFC. I'm sorry, in the NFC. Yeah. But you made a good point. If they had gotten rid of Jimmy when they should have, they might have had the best roster. Yeah. Because they could I, have gotten free agents. I still think they're being a little too conservative, uh, too a little too conservative, thinking, well, it's Trey Lance's first year. We can't go all in. He's a first year starter. Colin Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. I mean, it's happened. This is a really good team. Theoretically, you're the reason you're moving on to him is because he's supposed to be an upgrade over your previous starter who just went to the NFC championship game. Still, what are you scared of? What good? Make a commitment. They didn't do it. I think they're kind of doing a wait and see thing. I mean, and maybe next year they'll, they'll, I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Iggy, isn't this the kind of thing where you wish that you really had you or I or anyone had a relationship with Lynch or Shanahan the, the way maybe I had with Bill Walsh or with yeah. Seaford? And you could sit and say, would you tell me what's going on? Yes. We could be off the record. I won't quote you, but I want to know what the reality is here. But I don't think anybody knows the reality. Now, good for them. They keep their mouths shut. But um, I have no idea what their thinking is. I don't. I, don't I can only I mean, read the tea leaves. 
Lynch has said certain things. He said, we always, we've done a lot of spending the last few years. We always planned on dialed back spending this year. I, I don't know what that comes from, but it makes me feel like in terms of cash spending, the Niners decided they were going to spend, you know, maybe that was earmarked for Debo this year. And they only had so much cash to go around, only so much signing bonus money to go around. That's going to go to Debo this year and not a bunch of new free aid. I don't know. It just seems very strange because that's not exactly how Eddie D did things back in the day. And that's not how the, the Rams are operating right now. But Iggy, if they had gotten rid of Garoppolo, they would have had money. Yes. So they're arguing yes. against themselves. Yes. And so why do they not get rid of Garoppolo? Is it because they felt that Garoppolo tried to hijack the process by having surgery so late and instead of releasing him and sort of giving Garoppolo what he want, what he wanted, they uh, dug in into a sort of petty battle? I don't think so. I you think, don't think so? I think they thought they could get better offers for Jimmy and when they didn't materialize, they were caught with their pants down. How detached from reality are they in that respect? Well, if, I mean, again, I don't know what they're thinking, but if that's what they're thinking, they are indeed detached from reality. I, I, Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value is so low because of them. They've made their discontent really evident. They traded so much for Trey Lance. Then they turn around and say, like, well, we really like Jimmy Garoppolo. We'd like a second round. No, you don't. We know you don't like him. That's right. Right. They're that's called talking out of both sides of your mouth. They do it a lot, and they think they're slick. I don't think that's slick. But I commend the effort. It's a good college try. Iggy, let me ask you a question. Yeah. As a quarterback on the 49ers, I'm going to uh, give you an assignment now. Give Jimmy a letter grade for, for his his um, tenure on the 49ers. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. To me, he is a C-plus quarterback. But his tenure on the 49ers was definitely no worse than a B maybe even a B plus because he won a lot. He went to two NFC championship games. He's not a B quarterback, but he at least had a B tenure. I mean, he had a lot. He won a lot. Give him credit. And he took him to a Super Bowl. Took. Yeah, he was there. He was okay, on the team. That was the wrong verb. Yeah, he took. There. Maybe they yeah. took him to it. Yeah. But anyway, you know, your grades, I totally agree with you. See, it's kind of weird. I mean, he's not a B, he's not a B plus quarterback, but he definitely had a B plus tenure here with the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see what, what's going to happen to him next. What do you think's in store for Jimmy Garoppolo's future? Okay. Either he goes to Cleveland or he signs as a backup somewhere. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And do you think he's going to reemerge and have a second act to his career and be continue to win and sort of, put it in the 49ers face or do you think the Niners are going to end up being right about him and he's going to be away from Kyle and Debo and and Kittle and he's going to stop winning um i think wherever he ends up he'll be a winning quarterback i do i don't think he'll be a great quarterback but you know i think he'll be a winning quarterback hmm. what do you I'd think i'd love to see it i think it's possible. I also think what's going to happen is the injuries are going to start becoming more frequent. With Good him. point. And he just won't be on the field as much. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. He toughed it out last year for sure. All right. Let me ask That's you a question. question. Yeah. Do you admire how he handled himself on the Niners? Yeah, that's a good question. I do admire how he handled himself on the 49ers because, like, what was his biggest sin? Not being a great quarterback? Okay, he's not a great quarterback. And that's his fault, I guess. Uh, but he was relentlessly blamed by the coach. 
right? I mean, it was implied after games, after losses. Kyle never blamed himself, but he was very candid in his praise and critiques of the quarterback. Jimmy always took it. And I think a lot of players in the team look at it as like, wow, highest paid quarter, highest paid player in the team, winning quarterback. The coach really throws him under the bus and he just takes it like, wow, that's impressive. So I, I have to say that. I admired how he comported himself. Again, I I never met these people. I never covered them. And I would like to have met them and covered them because I could get a feel. It's different at a press conference as opposed to talking to people. Not that you really could during the pandemic. And um, you and I are pretty quick takes on people. Yes. I would like to have known him a little bit, but I think it only would have reinforced my admiration for him. One thing that annoyed me a little bit, and I don't think it's a character flaw, but I would notice is after losses, like in the group press conference, uh, particularly when he played poorly, when he was the reason they lost with the interception that broke, you know, broke their back, he'd come out and say like, you know, ask specifically about those interceptions. You know, we did this, or we didn't do this good enough, or we should have done that. Or, And I'd like, I would have liked him in those moments to say, well, that was, that was my mistake. And he would never say that was my mistake, but I think it's something he got from New England because when things went well, he never ever took credit for anything. I think what he learned from Bill Belichick is it's a team sport. There's no point in talking about yourself, good or bad. You accomplish things together. You fail together. So when people ask you about yourself, say we. Always say we. And I think that's kind of what he was doing. But sometimes it was like, man, you need to stop saying we. Stop using the royal we. Stop speaking French. Talk about yourself for <laughs> once. And he wouldn't do it. That's the one thing that would kind of annoy me about him. But I think he was just trying to be a good teammate. I, I agree. I would put a, a good interpretation on that. The other thing is he may not be a deep guy. Fair. He may not. Um, you know, I've met players yeah. who are very deep. Yes. Very deep Steve. people. Deep. When you talk is to Joe deep? No, I no. don't think Joe is deep. No. Um, Joe, if you're watching. Sorry. I think you're very intelligent. Yeah. I never with Joe ever had a conversation that went below the surface. Now it could have been that he didn't like me and it could be that he's Aristotle with everybody else. Steve Young is deep. Right. I mean, Steve Young is the ocean. That's how deep he is. Yes. Yes. You of agree? Course. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I do admire Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm very curious to see what he does next in his career. And if he continues to uh, win and play, I will admire him even more. And remember, we have a bet on him. I, I want to clarify our bets because we have two going. Bottles of wine involved. One with Jimmy, uh, I said he would not be on the roster for the first regular season game. And you said he would. I did. So that's a I bottle did. of wine. And the yeah. other is Debo. I say he signs an extension before the opening of training camp. And you say no. Yes. And the, okay, I forgot what the bottles of wine are, but it doesn't matter. Good so ones. Are, those are our two bets. Yeah. And look, if if Cleveland suspends Deshaun Watson for the full year, I'm screwed on this Jimmy Garoppolo bet. But if they, if it's only ha- partial year, I feel like there's not going to be a trade, and then the Niners have to make a really tough decision, and we'll see if they can do it. If Even, if, if they suspend um, Watson for the whole year, is it over with Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield has said he doesn't want to play there anymore. Uh, I, I don't know if they can force yeah. him to. Um, but I, I think maybe they prefer to have a quarterback who wants to be there than one who doesn't. Plus, I don't think they like Baker Mayfield that much. I mean, I don't think I think the owner said something about wanting a grown up at quarterback. I think well, that's 
I think that's why Baker Mayfield said he wants to leave. It's not, it's not a good relationship. It's not like the Niners and Jimmy. It's not cordial or professional. Ooh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. So maybe they didn't like his stupid commercials. They're stupid. That being said, Baker Mayfield got pulverized last year and played through a lot of injuries. And if they replace him with Jimmy Garoppolo, I know he did it last year, but there were times when he was with the Niners where I, people wondered, like, can you really not play or you can't play your best? And that's what, the, you know, Martellus Bennett and Julian Edelman said about him, too. So there's a lot of pressure in Cleveland to play, even if your arm's falling off. They have they don't care at all. So, Jimmy, good luck with that. That's a very irrational fan base over there. Sorry. Just want to say that. I was interviewing a guy, the the SI, the fan nation writer for Cleveland. He brought up that point. He was like, one of the reasons they're running Baker out of town is they didn't think he was tough enough. Jimmy, boy, that's that's a tough act to follow. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk Debo. Debo was trending on Twitter all weekend because, one, nothing is going on in the news, and, two, uh, he was on camera denying a kid an autograph. Bad look. And that's what everyone saw. As the details came out, people realized, well, it was at his football camp for 400 kids. Uh, there were rules passed out to the parents saying no, no autographs, because the whole idea is for to be interacting with Debo Samuel. The parent really set the kid up, videotaped it, made him look bad. Afterward, Debo ma made it right, took a picture with him and sent every kid home with an autograph photo. It was a very interesting uh, story. What do you think of autograph gate? Okay, let me <laughs> autograph gate. I have one question. I, I I didn't follow this. When Debo declined to sign for the for the kid, was he polite? Yes. I I, I can't do that, bro. I think he's, I, I I can't do that, bro. I think is what he said. Okay. Yes. I'm a hundred percent on Debo's side. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now, um, when I was a young man, I had some very schmucky stances. And I might have made a whole big uh, federal case about you denying a kid and you know all of this. Now I'm 76 years old. There were rules. He was caught in the middle of the rules. I'm talking about Debo. Yeah. He was polite and he made it right. Um, plus, he was lovely to do the camp. Yeah. Uh, everything I know about him, which is very little, he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. um, I think the father was a putz. Yeah. to set up Debo. I think the father was at fault and yeah. used the kid. Yes. Used yeah. the kid. I would yeah. never use you, Iggy. Yeah, who who was that autograph for? The exactly. kid or the father, yep. Yeah, I would never do that to you. No. Uh, so I don't like what the father did. I think he put Debo in a very bad position. Debo did the only thing he could do and then he made it right. So uh, what was the general reaction uh, on, on social media about Debo. Well, at first it was a lot of outrage towards Debo. And then when the when the facts came in, a lot of people jumped to his defense. It was very polarizing. And I think the reason so many people were outraged at Debo Samuel is because he requested a trade. So literally anything he does, he could put a picture on, he could take a picture down. He could do anything. And if it looks a little bit suspicious, people will be mad at him because he went from being the hero to being the anti-hero. Yeah. And that's just the way, I mean, we're not really sports fans, but that's how sports fanaticism works. If you're in, you're a hero, you're a saint. When you, when you take yourself out, people will just look. I mean, so that's, I think he was kind of a victim of his own negotiating tactics. Yeah. Okay. Also, football's a business. True. You have to understand that. They don't True. play because, uh, only because they love it. 
They don't have that many years. It's a business. I also, you said something interesting. At first, people were angry at Debo, but when the facts came in, it got more complicated. Yes. You know, social media really pisses me off. Right. How about facts first? There's like a seven-second video, and everyone's like, oh, I've seen enough. You don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How about learn what the hell you're talking about before you have an opinion? Now, of course, you've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of it. I try my best not to be like that, but you, you make a mistake. But give Debo a chance. Find out the facts before you roast the guy. I want to give myself credit. This was the only story all weekend. It was number one trending on Twitter. People were saying, Grant, you got to make a comment. I waited until the very end to say something because I knew it was a weird story. And I didn't want to come down moralizing on Debo Samuel on something trivial with like one thing of evidence. So I waited and then it all worked out. And I figured, of course. So I want to give myself credit on that one. Okay. How bad? Has he blocked you on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> he should unblock you now because you defended him. Yeah, I've only ever praised him too. Anyway, that's okay. I don't need it. I don't, whatever. I don't I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, Debo Samuel, very interesting story. But one more thing I wanted to say. When I was a kid, when I was seven, you brought me to the Niners and I got, I got those autographs. Steve Young, Brent Jones, uh, Jerry Rice. After that, I never got autographs. And you always, you would still bring me to, to teams and locker rooms and stuff. But you always said, don't ask. I was like old enough. Don't ask for autographs. Right. Don't do it. Um, what you do is you introduce yourself, you shake their hand and say, hi, my name is Grant Cohn and ask him a question like a journalist, like a person. And that's how you always taught me. And I figured this kid is 10 years old. Dad should have told him better, man. Don't do that. Cause what you're really doing is asking a stranger for something. It's very yeah. impersonal. Yeah. Yeah. It's very transactional and impersonal. Anyway, you, you always taught me that from a, from a young age. Don't ask for autographs. Right. You met Dusty yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah. And you, you shook his hand, you chatted with him, but you never asked for his autograph. No, no. Because I, I, what was your philosophy? Um, it's not cool. It's really not a cool thing to do. And uh, they'll look at you as just another fan who wants something from them. Yeah. And also, I had been habituated to it. As a journalist, you're not allowed to go around asking for autographs. Right. Iggy, do you remember one time we were in the... Okay. I'm not going to use the name. No. Uh, but we were in the press room. It was it was that little trailer they had. About 10 years ago. Would you say? And yeah. some guy who had a big mouth, and I didn't even know him. Uh -huh. He comes in, and he's talking behind me. Uh -huh. I, you know, Maddie was there. You were there. Uh, uh -huh. Barrows was there. And he's saying, I, I got this autograph. And everybody was quiet. And I didn't I turn around and said, LaMichael James signed my ball. Is that what he said? Michael James signed my ball. Yeah. So what did I say? Um, you said, no, I, I forget. what. Tell me what you said. I think I said, don't you come in here and talking about that shit. Yep. I said, you, uh, we're professional journalists. That's right. And uh, we're professional journalists. We don't get autographs. Who the hell are you to come in here and talk about that? And yep. then he stuck out his hand and he said, my name is, I said, I don't want to shake your hand. Get out of here. Isn't that what happened? Yes. <laughs> Yes. And then uh, he was new. And then shortly after he was gone, um, he was a freelancer and the, the, his outlet had not properly vetted him. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Who was, that was, the, who was the one you were on the road and it might have been Green Bay. Yeah. He didn't have a hotel room. Mm -hmm. and he came to you because we were sharing a hotel room. And he said, could I crash uh, on the floor? I'll throw a couple bucks your way. I said, I'll throw a couple. 
Hell no. Hell no. As my Hell mother, no. As Best my mother ever would made. Say, I don't even know that much about him, but wow. Kish me and took us. That's what my no. mother would say. Kiss my ass. Absolutely not. All right, moving on. Okay, move on. We got that. I forgot his name. Right, but so anyway. we're gonna the, the premise of the show, the title of the show is comparing dynasties. We got one more topic before we get there. Hold on, we're gonna get there. But we got a, a non we got a non-NFL topic. But this is important. This is college football. UCLA and USC are gonna join the Big Ten. I went to UCLA. A lot of people like college football. It's probably the second most popular thing, sport in America after NFL. Uh, what do you think of this? Oh. Okay. Uh, I think it's grotesque. I think it's grotesque that SC and UCLA, especially UCLA, are, are joining the Big Ten and leaving the PAC, whatever number it is, 12. Um, UCLA is a public school. Yeah. I pay for them yeah. out of my taxes. Yeah, You pay for them, Maddie. And plus, I yeah. paid a hell of a lot of tuition to them yeah. when you went there. Can yeah. you imagine Berkeley joining the Big, the big Ten or right. Stanford joining the Big Ten? But it gets it's beyond that. I went to Stanford 1966 and 1972. I was there a long time because I was in English department. I got a master's and a doctorate there in English. I supported myself by teaching freshman English, comparative literature, and writing. Uh, I have a, a, a long history uh, with Stanford. When I went there, it was the Pac-8. You're young, a lot of you who are watching. It was the Pac-8, and it was all the West, the Pacific schools, the Washington, Oregon, Bay Area, and LA schools. It was a logical conference. It was logical. Then they added the Arizona schools. Now, they're good schools. I have nothing against the Arizona schools. Pac-10? They're not on the Pacific coast. No, they're not. How did that happen? No. And then they got these two other schools, these cock I don't even know what they are. Colorado and Utah. Who gives a shit? I I, I mean, honestly, Pac Colorado is on the east side of the Rocky Mountains. They think of themselves as the Midwest. Yeah. I was there. So well, it makes no sense. Now, I hate college sports. Me too. I try to only cover pro sports because pro sports at least are honest about their greed. Well, college sports, they're pro sports too. They just don't, they yeah, don't they're dishonest. They're as greedy as the pros, but they pretend yeah. they're not. Right. And that hypocrisy always made me want to puke, Iggy. Yes. I got to tell you, made mm -hmm. me want to puke. I consider college, now, I know you think I'm wrong, and I'm wrong because I'm against history. I consider college sports as an extracurricular activity at a college. Mm -hmm. I went to Lafayette. We had a football and a basketball team, but they weren't scholarship athletes they play right. now yeah. they are unfortunately it's a patriot conference yeah. um i don't think stanford has any business uh paying david shaw nine million dollars i know stanford doesn't pay that but his total compensation from what i understand from all sources is nine million dollars the head of the english department doesn't make nine million dollars who's he it it i think What's happened with college football and basketball is grotesque. You're supposed I, to be an, a, a, an academic institution, not absolutely. a professional sports institution. Some of these schools in the SEC, Iggy, I mean, they're professional sports institutions with yeah, like a, with an adjunct like, school attached. With the school attached, yeah, I am really against it. Yep. Uh, it's become professional now. They say they're paying athletes for their images and stuff. Well, the way it's worked. 
sure they should pay him, of course, but it never should have come to that. It right. It never should have come to that. Because every fix is just making it more like professional sports. So now yeah. UCLA is going to play games against Rutgers every year. So they're gonna they're gonna be flying to to Iowa and Rutgers and the mid. That's professional sports. At what point are they just gonna combine the Big Ten, the SEC, and all these different conferences? And it's gonna be one conference that's gonna be called professional yeah. football for younger people. The thing that kills me is I don't like college football or college basketball, college sports because it is pro professional, but also it's inferior. They're not as good. They're younger. They're not that good, and it's kind of boring to watch. So what the reason I watch it at all? Is because I went to UCLA. So you get the rah-rah stuff. I went there. When they're in the March Madness, I'll watch it. Also, regional rivalries. I live in the Bay Area. They play down there. When they come up and play Stanford, I went this year. It was a lot of fun. Or when they play Cal, I'll go. My wife went to UCLA. She likes to go for the rivalry and the rah-rah stuff. Once they're playing Iowa and Rutgers, like, who's going to – who gives a shit? Especially if UCLA isn't even good. I think what you're going to see is less and less people going to the games. I think it's all about capitalizing on the Big Ten's TV deal. But once you lose the rivalries and UCLA is just a bad football team every year, I think people are going to stop giving a shit. Yeah. And again, TV deal. What does that have to do with college sports? I yeah. people say, well, football supports the others. Well, football doesn't need to be that that big. It doesn't need to be. Iggy, is Penn State in the Big Ten? I don't know. They might be independent. I I, yeah. I forget. I, I, I don't forget. even know. Who cares? Who cares? It's college football. Only reason I watch college football is because I have to prepare for the draft every year. So I watch it like after the fact on YouTube. Just I, I want to watch that stuff. I got better things to do with my Saturdays and watch 19 year olds play football mediocrely. I'm with you. You know, I'm with you. So yeah. uh, the, the idea that again, forget USC. By the if way, it's a very good institution. It yeah. used to not be, but it is yeah. now. But I'm talking about a public school. This public school that I'm paying for, it, it should be playing Michigan. They play Michigan, right? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Wisconsin? Oh, it's outrageous. It is outrageous that Chip Kelly's the highest the Rose paid. Bowl. In the Rose Bowl, you play them. The idea that Chip Kelly's the highest paid public whatever servant in uh, California is the living end. Iggy, when he plays some really, some really tough schools in the in the in the uh, Big Ten, he's going to get his butt. Oh, oh! oh. Can you imagine what Jim is going to do to him? Yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's ridiculous, but I do think it's kind of funny. I mean, they're they're making it less and less like professional sports. Pay the athletes, uh, merge all the conferences. At what point do they just stop the pretense and be like, okay, it's pro sport? And then why do they have to be – if you're just going to take away all the rivalries and the regionality of stuff, why do the colleges need to be involved? Shouldn't right. shouldn't basketball and the NFL just have their own minor leagues that – Of course. They, they could have TV deals. I would watch. I would watch they, that shit. They should have minor leagues, absolutely, just like baseball. Because what happens now is Notre Dame, which is a fine academic institution, is a minor league. For the NFL, does yeah. and that's what they've chosen to do, right? Notre Dame. I don't understand that. It just seems like the NFL should pay for their own developmental league, but they but they don't. They want it to be. Uh, it's profitable to have it be attached to these colleges because there's the whole rah rah stuff. But again, they're killing that. I don't care anymore. I mean, I don't even like college football. I'd watch the UCLA stuff for specific games and specific reasons. No, not 
I'm going to wake up early on a Saturday to watch them play Rutgers and lose? No, not going to happen. Absolutely not. Rutgers. Why are you picking on Rutgers? It's as far away from UCLA as I could possibly imagine a school being. <laughs> really? It's They're in the New same Jersey. conference? It's in New Jersey. Jersey and UCLA. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Uh, let's get to the comp- to the comparisons. A few weeks ago in the Cone Zone, Joshua Knutson, who I'm sure is watching right now, asked me who the better owner was all time, Eddie DeBartolo or Joe Lacob. I didn't have a good answer for him. I, f- I said I want to think about it. We've been thinking about it for two weeks. Who do you think, as someone who covered all of Eddie DeBartolo and knows him very well, also you know Joe Lacob is too, as well. Yeah. For him. Who's better? Okay. I want to preface it. I know them both very well. I know Eddie better, and I probably like Eddie better. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've had more interactions with Eddie, but I like Lacob. Whenever I, I had his personal cell number, whenever I needed something, uh, I could call him and he was always helpful. I think he's a good guy. So I get the personal thing out of the way. Uh, Eddie is deified as the greatest owner. I would have to say Lacob is a better owner. Not taking anything away from Eddie. Right. You can both be great. Yes. I'm saying Eddie was great. But I give the edge to Lakeham. So let me give you some reasons, Iggy. Um, Eddie um, won five Super Bowls. Lakeham has won four championships. That's pretty big. Eddie could not get a stadium in San Francisco. I'm not saying it wasn't hard. And I know he tried very hard. Lakeham got his arena. That's a really big deal. He got the yeah. arena, and I'm going to say something. ten years. He bought that team in 2010. Had it had it up and going by 2020. Yeah, it's yeah. remarkable what he yeah. did. And the other thing is, Eddie got into legal trouble and was banned by the league. He had to give up his team. Banned by the league. That's. It's it's it it hurts my heart. Yeah, Lacob doesn't have that stain on his life. Nope. So, Eddie, please, uh, if you see this, I'm just trying to be objective. I, I really like you, and I always liked how you were so always polite to Grant when he would call you. And, but in this area, I, I, might, I, I would have to give Joe a little bit of an edge. Okay, well, let me make the pro-Eddie argument, considering he was so nice to me, and someone needs okay. to do it. So, Eddie, if you're watching, I got your back. <laughs> Joe Lacob, as great as he is, he inherited Stephen Curry. Now, he you could give him the credit for investing in a team that had Stephen Curry. I, that was right after his rookie year. I don't think everyone realized he was going to be an all-time great player. But still, he inherited Stephen Curry. And what he did was keep Stephen Curry and put together a championship structure around him from the players to the coaches to the front office and all that. He gets total credit for that. It's a first-class organization. But would he have any rings if he hadn't inherited Stephen Curry? Basketball is a little different. I feel like Curry gets so much of the credit of what they've done there, where Eddie didn't inherit Joe, didn't inherit Walsh. I mean, Walsh was the third coach he hired. He had to figure it out when they finally built it. He won Super Bowls with two different uh, quarterbacks. He won Super Bowls with two different coaches. So he built something that was kind of, I mean, more from scratch, and it sustained two decades. So Lacob, I guess you could say, has a little bit more work to do, get that fifth trophy and, and maintain excellence for a little bit longer. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and, and also in Eddie's favor, it's harder to make a good football team than a good basketball team. It's obvious. Uh, 22 players versus five. 
It, it, and injuries it, are a bigger factor in football. It, injuries are a bigger factor. It, a degree of difficulty in the NFL is much more than the NBA. Um, from my point of view, it's a harder game, NFL, and a better game than the NBA. That's my personal feeling. Um, I'm going to stick with Joe Lacob. Yeah, I think you made a great case. You made a great case. It's it's uh, Eddie it and Joe. It's by a sliver. It's by a sliver. And I want to say the most important point is, boy, has the Bay Area been lucky to have two owners like them. Yeah. Before we move on, I think it's fair to bring in uh, the Giants owners because they won three championships in a five year stretch, which is as good as anything the Warriors and Niners ever did. So where do they they factor in? Um. I'm glad you brought them up. I ranked them in the same category as Lacob and Eddie. Now, it's an ownership group. It used to be the managing partner was Peter McGowan. Poor guy died. So, and then um, Harmon Burns was the owner. He, the principal owner, he died. Now it's Charles B. Johnson. But it's the same ownership group. Mm-hmm. And look what they did. They got the, uh, their ballpark. And they didn't just get any piece of crap like the Niners did in Santa Clara. They got maybe the best ballpark in America. Yep. Iggy, it's a downtown ballpark. It's an easy walk uh, over there from, from Bard and from, you know, from downtown. It's gorgeous. It's, it's the, the views in there. The only other ballpark I know that can rival it is Pittsburgh, which is another one that is just a pleasure, but Oracle park, I guess that's what they call it now. Oracle park. From my point of view as a journalist, sitting in that gorgeous press box, it was an honor. So these people, championships and they got Barry Bonds. Yeah. Iggy, they needed a star and they got the biggest star in baseball. No matter what you think about Bonds, and I have a very low regard for him as a ball player, he was a great ball player. And they got him before he started doing all the unethical stuff. That's what I think. Yeah. And, and and they were so bold. They said, we need a, 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 a superstar to anchor this uh, franchise and to get a new stadium. And so I would have to say the uh, the Niners and the Warriors, but the Giants are right up there with them. Let Boy, me, are we lucky. Let me ask you one follow-up back with Eddie and, and Joe. We, we basically centered our discussion on what they did differently, what they had, uh, the differences and trying to split hairs. They're both great. What do you think, what similarities do you see between them? Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. They both like athletes have a burning desire to win. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? That's what it is. Yeah. It's like this. It's it's almost like they're on the field. They, they're, they have the same competitive, I don't know, fire that Steph Curry has, that Jerry Rice had, that Joe Montana had. They, They were matched. They were matching the players and, uh, as opposed to, we have questions about Jed. He hasn't really proven that yet. I mean, there's no question with Eddie. There's no question with Joe. That's right. Uh, uh, both of them. <laughs> I mean, you could see when when the nine uh, when the Warriors got beat a few years ago before I retired in uh, in the championship. Yes, the Cavs. To the Cavs, they got beat at home. Yes, they did. They lost two in a row. They got beat at home. I was late in the locker room and I was scurrying back to the press room to write my column. And here's Joe Lacob alone in the corridor with a security guard. No one else, a security guard going over the game saying, gee, I, I don't understand how we didn't win. If yeah. this had happened and this had happened, he was brokenhearted. He wasn't talking to Bob Myers. No. He wasn't talking to Steve Kerr. 
He was talking to a security guard. Wow. Wow. Honest to God, Iggy. That's it, really messed up. That's really being affected by it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was pouring out his heart. The guy was wearing a uniform. You know what I mean? Right. He would probably, he's probably repeating the same stuff to anyone who would listen for months. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought there are so there are so many thousands of these very human moments that I've yeah. experienced in my life. Yeah. Uh, and here's the owner pouring his heart out. He may not even have known the guy's name. Yeah. Or maybe he did. But yeah, that's, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's very interesting. So I would say, yeah, their competitive, off the chart uh, feelings about winning Eddie and and Joe Lacob. Yeah. I, before we wrap this up, the thing we're about, not going to wrap it up because I want to talk about the A's. Okay. Yeah. The thing about Lacob is he's almost over the top with his competitiveness. I mean, he. I feel like Eddie sort of. I wasn't there, but he sort of let Bill and McVeigh do their thing. Joe no. Lacob. No? no. Okay. I'm wrong. So, so, okay. You know but I'm talking like times Eddie, wait a minute. You know how many times Eddie fired Bill? True. He fired him one time. I, I was right there in New Orleans when he fired him. Let me tell you what I mean, though. With Joe, Joe's son, Kirk, is one of the top personnel decision makers on the Warriors. And I feel like Joe and Kirk are highly um, involved in the drafting process, in the player acquisition process. So what the Warriors are doing right now is they just won the championship, but they're letting some of their veterans go because Joe and Kirk really believe in a few young guys who are 19 and 20. It's a little different than Eddie, I think, but maybe they're right. It just seems like, remember when he first bought the team and he was explaining how passionate he was about basketball and he says he plays every every week and they're like- At Stanford, yeah. Did he just say that? That's how he is. He really thinks- He's not just a great owner, but he's like one of the reasons that they're so, you know what I mean? I, I, let's see how, I let's agree. See what I agree. Yeah. And yeah. it's true. Eddie let Bill run the, the franchise, the except when he fired him. Right. <laughs> but right. then he rehired him the next right. day. Yeah. Joe so thinks he he's like part of the brain trust. What's that? Joe thinks he's a very important part of the brain trust. I say there's no question. Yes. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don Marcus wants to go no, back. No, no. Oh, 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 sorry about that. We, we want to talk about the A's because they're so forgettable. I want to say, I just said that the Bay Area is so lucky to have those three franchises and the, those three great, great world-class ownerships. The A's. Now, A's. this this guy, the, this is the, the gap. This is, you know, that, that ownership, that family. Mm-hmm. These are very, this is a very wealthy ownership mm-hmm. and they're always complaining about the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got the message. You mm-hmm. know what? We got the message. They are so disgusting. They let all their good players go all the yeah. time. Yeah. So what they do is they thumb their nose at the fans. Yes. They get crummy attendance. They've earned it. Yes. They've earned it. Yeah. And I want to say something else. And this bothers me. Billy Bean. I, Iggy, you know Billy. He was very nice to you. Mm-hmm. I know Billy, and I like Billy. I like him very much. He's always been nice to me. Yeah. So it's not personal what I'm saying. I, whenever I see Billy, I, it makes me smile. Yeah. He's he's very bright. He's very uh, sophisticated. He has a wonderful sense of humor. What in the world has he done with his career? Why would you stay at a piece of crap franchise like that? He had a book written about him, a movie made about him. Yeah. Uh, everybody, Moneyball and Moneyball. Never um, won a damn thing. 
Never won a damn thing. And the reason he never won is because he's working for a cheap skin flint franchise. Part owner. Part owner. Now, I think he could have had the Boston Red Sox. He could have been their general manager. Somebody with a competitive spirit like Joe Lacob right. would have wanted that. Right. It seemed like Billy didn't want that. It no, because here he has job security. He's a part owner. And excuses. Yeah. He doesn't actually have to win. He has to just exceed expectations. That's right. right. He had excuses uh, for, for losing. Right. Well, that's not a competitor. You don't want excuses. Bill Belichick doesn't want excuses. He wants to win. Right. So – What's amazing, real, real quick about the A's, they're, they're trying to say, they're trying to build this new ballpark in Howard Terminal, and they're saying they're going to privately finance it, and they're saying all the right things. Meanwhile, they have the worst team in baseball. They got rid of all their good players. Matt Chapman's gone. I can't name three players on the team. And while they're the worst player, the worst team in baseball with no recognizable names, they increased ticket prices this year. That's how much they thumb the nose at uh, their local fans. So I, we'll see if they actually do this freaking stadium we'll see anyway i just had to get that off my chest three world-class ownerships and listen the a's are in oakland we live in oakland yeah and are you kidding me right yeah and look what's happened to the bay area i mean it went from being almost like a secondary market to la 10 15 years ago to being freaking that's the tech center of the world. I mean, there's as much money and power here as anywhere else in the world. I mean, look at what the Giants, Niners, and Warriors have accomplished the last 10 years while the A's continue to pretend like they're in a small market. No, you're not. Sell the team or spend. No, you're right. This isn't right. a small market. No, absolutely not. All right, we'll take a couple of questions and we'll get finished with our last topic. Don Marcus says, shouldn't Watson at least get Vic's punishment? Vic went to prison. So I don't know about that. And I don't think um, Watson has been criminally charged. No, it was a grand jury, and they said no. There's not enough. Okay. No. So, no. Kev F says, should the Dubs trade for Kevin Durant near guaranteed ring? Ooh. Dad, do you see Ooh. this? That Kevin Durant has requested a trade. That's how I feel. That's how, I don't. They just won the championship. Why are you changing the team? Keep him away. Yeah. He's a whiner. Uh, I, he's a whiner. He's he's sensitive. He wants the ball too much. Yeah. They don't need him. He brings like a, a, a cloud of negativity to whatever team oh. he's on because it's all about him and his legacy and the respect that he's not getting. And he he's threatened by Stephen Curry. Their fans are always going to prefer Stephen to Kevin out here. I think that's the reason he left in the first place. No, plus he's old. He's not old, but he's 32, 33. He's blown out his Achilles. He doesn't play defense anymore. Do you really? He needs to play power forward, not str- small forward. Andrew Wiggins is like 27. He's got a future. I, eh, nah. nah, I say no. Oh, I'd say absolutely not. I hope I hope they don't do that. And plus, he and Curry. Curry's a better player than Kevin Durant. Demonstrably. Yeah. Yes. All right. Last topic. Better coach, Kyle Shanahan or Steve Kerr? I, you know, because there's not a lot of news, we're doing comparisons. Yeah. And we're English majors, we, we're taught to compare and contrast. Yes, we are. I love I love these topics. Me too. Better coach. Yeah. Steve Kerr or Kyle Shanahan. May I go? Please. Okay. Again, it's harder to be a good coach in football. Many more moving parts uh, than basketball. And it's more of a coach-driven sport. It's more of a coach-driven sport. Having said that, Steve Kerr, hands down. How about you? Hands down, it's not even close. Not even close. 
Uh, you give a reason, then I'll give a reason. Okay, so maybe Kyle Shanahan is more responsible for getting the Niners to the championship games when he got them there. But once he reached the crisis moment in his season when he had a lead in the fourth quarter, there were th- decisions that he made that directly led to them losing games they should have won, the biggest games of his career. Kerr gets to the same spot, and maybe he's less responsible. Maybe Curry's more responsible. But once he gets there, he doesn't fuck it up. He doesn't make decisions that you're like, oh my god! In the crisis moment, you lost your mind. You, right. you became uncharacter. You you became un- like not yourself anymore. The the things we would expect from you, you did other weird stuff. He didn't. Now he did lose that one. But he won game four. seven. That was he had timeouts to use in game seven. That was not good. But he's also won. Four, he's also not fucked it up four times. Yeah, and Kyle's right. fucked it up three times. So I'd have to give it to Kerr. I'd say no question about it. And the uh, the phrase you use, crisis moment, when we would sit in the um, press box at Niner Games, we would say to each other, this is the crisis moment, because yeah. it comes in every sporting event, the moment, the crisis yeah. moment. And Steve Kerr, at least 80% of the time in, in championships, has been, and that's a pretty good batting average, 800, has shown himself on top of the crisis moment. And Kyle has shown himself not on top any number of times. Uh, so I, I would say Steve Kerr, no questions asked. Now, it, it's 66%. He also lost to Toronto. But Clay got hurt. Durant got hurt. Uh, still 4-2 okay. and two in the finals. Absolutely. Was there anything else I wanted to say? There was something else I wanted to say. But, yeah, no. He gets it done twice as much as he lost. Oh, what I want to say. Okay. So the most recent one, they beat the Celtics. To me, that was Steve Kerr's finest accomplishment they were down 2-1 a lot of people wrote him off he made whatever adjustments he made and they blew the fucking celtics out of the water there was nothing that other coach uh udoka could do in boston kerr just figured him out blew him out it was very impressive and they won three in a row won three in a row they figured him out and that was it yeah and i think before i mean Afterward, we look back like ah boston wasn't ready and this and that before the series especially after game one when boston beat him here a lot of people picked Boston to win that series. Yeah. They, it was almost like the Warriors were the underdogs, and then they came back and just destroyed him. It was one of the most impressive things of Kerr's career. Okay, I got another thing to say. A co- yeah. Compare and contrast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, part of being a head coach is representing the organization. And um, you are the CEO of the because you represent hmm. every day in, in, with the press. You represent the organization. So let me say this. Mm-hmm. I believe Kyle Shanahan tries, and I know he's a very honest person, and I like it, but his manner is unprepossessing and somewhat stumbling. I would yeah. give him a C for how he represents the organization. Uh, uh, what, Iggy? Well, I mean, that's why John Lynch is there, because John Lynch is so good at it, and Kyle doesn't want to do it. Okay, I got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yes. Um, whereas... Kerr is a plus. He's Iggy. Hold on. The okay. Thing about Kerr is he is a plus, but then he starts getting into politics and he'll start saying stuff about one thing, but not about another thing. And you're like, man, okay. wait a second. You know what? I agree with you. you know what I'm saying I wish Steve yeah. were not always talking about politics because I always covered sports to be away from politics. Yeah. Having said that, so let's knock him down to an A minus. That's fair. That's fair. Let's That's knock fair. him down to an A minus. Yeah. But because he has nothing to say about China when he has lots to say about other things, but he should also yeah, be talking, he about, you know talking about China. If yeah. he were a real hero, he would. Right. 
So I'll knock them down to an A minus. But yeah. if we can take politics out of it for a moment, Steve, we're talking to you. Yeah. In terms of how he interacts, first of all, he knows everybody's name. True. He has humor. Yeah. Which humor is so attractive. Yeah. You know, it, 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 there could be they could lose and he'll come out and he'll say something ironic or funny showing he's moving on. He's above it. And I'm not going to get uh, lost in the melodrama of this. Now, I don't think Kyle gets lost in the melodrama either, but I've never seen any humor from him. Maddie Mayoko told me at the owners meetings he met with the media and actually he was a laugh riot. God love him. I wish he would do a little more of that like Kerr. Maybe he should even study Kerr because it's a good way to represent a sophisticated bunch like the Niners. Real quick, though, there is a difference. Kyle has to take criticism because he hasn't won anything and he's messed it up. And so he does take criticism, not particularly well, but he has to take tougher questions. You've seen how Steve Kerr gets covered. It's true. He hasn't had to answer a lot of criticism. And after they got beat, by in the finals, I think by Cleveland, I asked him a question and it wasn't a particularly tough one. And he, he didn't even answer. He turned his face away. Yeah. I, can't I don't have to answer that. that. I don't have to answer that question. So, I mean, he doesn't get tough questions. And when he does get them, he literally turns his face away. Like, I don't have to answer that. I'm Steve Kerr. I'm a champion. It's and he true. is. Kyle just can't do that. Kyle cannot do that. Okay. So you're saying the gap is not as far as I made it. It's not that hard to be Steve Kerr. I mean, yeah, he's really good at his job, but he won the championship in his first year as a coach. He's never had to be criticized ever, ever, ever. It's not that hard to be Steve Kerr. I don't think it's that hard to be Steve Kerr. Now, his back hurts. That's tough. Mess okay. his back up. But in terms of, like, how he's treated by the by the press and, and everyone, he's above reproach. Okay, I got a final question. Yeah. You're Grant Cohn. If you had a choice, and I said to you, you could stop being Grant Cohn and you could be either Kyle Shanahan or Steve Kerr. Would you be want to be them or would you still want to be uh, Grant Cohn? I would much prefer to be Grant Cohn. I would prefer to be Lowell Cohn. Yeah. I wish I, like I wish I were 40 years younger and better looking. Uh, but having said that, I, that's not in the realm of You're extremely handsome. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> Where do you think I got this from? Come on, the two the of us. Mom, you so you got it from mom. The punum. The punum. Hey, I enjoyed this show today. I gotta tell you, I love I've been looking forward to it all weekend. I, I, I love these compare and contrasts. I love yeah. them. You know, I, I, we do some of our best work when there's absolutely nothing going on. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Because we're paid bullshit artists. Paid bullshit artists. And when there's like a season or games, we actually have to talk about football. But today, we can talk about what the fuck we want to talk about. <laughs> it's fun. Anyway. Is our show over? I think our show is over. Thank you for watching, everyone. Dad, I love you. I, I love you, Grant. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Okay, bye.